Hi, everyone. Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here and Dr. Liz. If this is your first time listening, then welcome. I hope you like what you hear. And if you do, please share it with a friend or family member. If you would like to get some free hypnosis files, then that's really easy to do. I offer one to reduce fear and anxiety, another one to increase emotional stability, and a third for a better pregnancy and birth. So you can get those over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. Or you can text the word hypnotize to 444-999. That's the word hypnotize to 444-999. I think it's like such an easy way to join the newsletter. That's why I offer it. Before we go into today's episode, I do need to say the podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment, nor should it be. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. Now, I do do hypnosis all over the world. That's done through Skype or WhatsApp, or sometimes someone has a U.S. phone number or a calling card type thing. Whatever it is, we work it out. But if you'd like to see how to work with me or learn more about me, whether you're local or from afar, you can do that over at my website. That's drlizhypnosis.com. I offer a free 15-minute telephone consultation. So that's a great way to get a sense of what it would be like to work with me and to ask any questions you may have about that. You know, sometimes people decide to fly in and see me and they'll do a intensive couple of days and then they'll vacation here because I am in South Florida, which is really nice most of the year. Fort Lauderdale is right above Miami. So we have beautiful beaches and gorgeous water that's warm to swim in. So people really enjoy that. All right. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. Dr. Liz here. Today is a solo episode. Yay! I like doing these from time to time. I like a mix of interviews and solos. And I wanted to give you an update about the blue hair team. So now she has red hair. She dyed it red right before she left for Italy. And for those of you who don't know, perhaps this is your first time listening. First of all, welcome to the podcast. Glad you're here. But second of all, I have a daughter who's a freshman who is studying abroad in Florence, Italy through Florida State University. So she left in mid-August and I'm recording this in mid-October. So she's been gone two months and she is loving it. Like absolutely loving it. So far, she is not homesick. She's taking incredible excursions all around Italy. She sends me these incredible photos. She was studying photography in high school before she left. And we have a very close family friend we call uh, Funkel Lyo because he's a fun uncle. He's not really her uncle biologically, but he's like her uncle, Uncle Lyo, who's a professional photographer. So she knew quite a bit about photography already. And she's sending amazing photographs of all these beautiful, beautiful historical places in Italy. 
And it's funny because I'm sending her like, here's the cat on the fence, (laughs) you know, or like, here's the cat. The cat likes to walk the dog with me. She will like follow me around the block. She's an indoor outdoor cat. So I'm like, here's Hazel, you know, at the end of the street with us going on our walk. Here's the dog. (laughs) And she's sending me like, here's um, Pompeii, you know, however many hundreds of years ago that was, right? And she is just really enjoying all the beautiful little shops too. She'll send me things that she knows that I love, like tiny little miniatures. There's a shop that only had um, miniatures of like little books and mice on the books. And um, they're like these little dioramas. They were so cute. So she knows I love that kind of stuff. So anyway, she is doing great. I know some people have asked, how, how's the blue hair team? She's doing fantastic. And coming along in her Italian, she says too. So that's fantastic. Now, before we jump into today's topic, which is glove anesthesia. Hey, this is a research study that just came out in the Journal of Clinical and Experimental Hypnosis, International Journal of Clinical and Experimental Hypnosis. And I'm going to give you the full reference in a minute. But before we do that, I want to say that our sponsor today is Hourglass Healing Arts. This is a healing arts clinic that just recently opened in South Florida, Wilton Manors, South Florida, which is in the Fort Lauderdale area of Florida. Fort Lauderdale sits right above Miami, for those of you who don't know that. And right below West Palm Beach. And this is run by two really lovely people, good people, and gifted healers, Dr. Crystal Cacalici and Ann Thomas Falachi. So Thomas is a massage therapist and Crystal is the acupuncturist, traditional Chinese medicine doctor. I had a massage from Thomas last week and he is incredible. I mean, there are massages and then there are massages. (laughs) There's the kind where someone really tunes into your body and has an ability to see like what needs healing here without you even telling them. I mean, I do tell him like these are the areas that need some work that I work on constantly at home, you know, that need some help. We need a little help along. But he also intuitively could sense like, okay, what area needs motion and what area needs blood flow. And it was just a really incredible massage. I've had quite a few in my life. And um, I just want to say Thomas is a go-to person for sure. He really is a healer. He's not just giving a massage, quote unquote, which is sometimes what you find in spots, you know, someone who's just doing massage. I've had those types too. And they just feel different. They really do than like a really tuned in healer, massage healer. So that's Thomas. And then Crystal is a truly gifted doctor. She has been on quite a journey herself and knows all about like women's health and children's health and she's so personable and ethical and respectful and you want all of that in a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine. If someone's needling you, you want to feel comfortable, right? That is definitely going to happen at this clinic. So how to contact them? Hourglass Sealing Arts is their 
website, hourglasshealingarts.com, or you can follow them on Instagram, hourglass underscore healing underscore arts, or you can find them on Facebook, of course, or you can give them a call, 954-533-8044. That's 954-533-8044. It's funny because I used to have a phone number when I ran my yoga business. It was 533-4000. So when I read that number, it just sounds so familiar. And uh, people used to think that was a fake number too. And I was like, it's not, it's not, it's really my business, you know? Anyway, so let's jump into today's topic. This study is titled, Hypnotic Glove Anesthesia Induces Skin Temperature Changes in Adult Volunteers, a Perspective Controlled Pilot Study. And it's by Xavier Pecoron, Hervé Lusalek, Claude Viro, and Emmanuel Mosselli. And it is in the October to December 2019 issue of the International Journal of Clinical and Experimental Hypnosis. So it's volume 67, number four. And that will be in the show notes, that full reference. For anyone who's interested, if you want to go and read the full study. So what's glove anesthesia? I know a lot of people don't even know that. This is a technique that we use in hypnosis to numb an area. It's basically what we're doing. We're applying anesthesia, so an area goes numb, according to the brain. No medication, right? It's all talking. It's all through the use of our imagination, but it helps an area go numb. Well, what is this good for? Pain. It is incredible for people experiencing pain, whether that's chronic pain or acute pain, either way. So there's always this question in hypnosis that you get of like, is this real? Like, did my hand really go numb? Which I always find funny. I had a whole nother episode on chronic pain, like hypnosis for chronic pain. Is it real? And it's like, yeah, it activates all kinds of areas in the brain that's reducing pain. Like they can see that these days with MRIs and the technology we have. So same here. They're saying, well, what really happens when we use glove anesthesia? Does the actual skin temperature change in one hand versus the other? That's what they decide to measure. So they had 30 subjects. This was a volunteer. And since it was a pilot study, they decided to limit it to 30. And 30 is enough for a good statistical result if you're going to get one. So they're all done in the same room. The temperature of the room was kept consistent. The subjects were asked to place both forearms and hands flat on the table surface that had been covered by a polar fleece blanket. And it was under a thermal infrared camera. So they have a camera on top, right? Looking at the temperature of their forearms and hands. Now, something to note is that when you sit still, your skin temperature is going to progressively decrease over time a little bit. Okay, so they measured this because they didn't want to get a false reading in terms of changes when they did hypnosis. Then the subject was asked to build, quote unquote, build his or her own hypnotic glove over their non-dominant hand. So the hand you don't use all the time. And this is a simple question, really. 
And they did this without having the subjects close their eyes. So this was not like a what's considered a formal hypnotic trance. They just said, hey, we want you to build a glove. Now they're already in a relaxed state just from sitting still. But they were invited to return mentally to their home and imagine rummaging through the place to find and choose a glove that's synonymous with protection. Okay, so there was no suggestions related to temperature at all. Okay, and sometimes we do do this when we're working with a pain client. We will make suggestions related to temperature, actually. But in this study, there were not suggestions made regarding temperature. So when they choose their glove, then they're invited to describe it and its function, whether it's a ski glove or a motorcycle glove, etc., and its details, how thick is it, the size, the shape, the material. Does it end at the wrist or does it go up into the forearm? And then they're invited to put it on in imagination, right? Just go ahead and put it on and to nod when they felt the glove was, was on their hand. And they said this step usually took about two minutes or so. So not long, right? Very, very quickly. Then they asked them to imagine wrapping the glove with a layer of colored cotton that's used like in a cast. And they could choose the color of the cotton band. And then they were given suggestions to increase protection and of analgesia. But the subject could decide when enough cotton was added to protect the glove. Okay, so they're saying protect the glove. And then another suggestion was given that this layer would harden, this cotton layer would harden like into a resin, like as if it was a cast, right? It would become as stiff as metal or steel to finish the protection. Now, an important point here is that when they did this, they knocked on a wooden table so auditory is going on, right? And then this subject was invited to choose the color of the resin and free to decide when enough resin was added to protect the glove and to let them know when it was totally dry. So they said this took about three or four minutes, so a little bit longer than putting on a glove. And then the protocol ended by inviting the subject to remove the glove, store it in a safe place, only known by the subject. And then they added suggestions to use the glove each time we needed it to ensure protection or pain relief. Now, before they did that, they decided to test a painful stimulus. So this isn't super painful or else it wouldn't pass um, ethical protocols, right? What they did is they pinched the muscular part between like the thumb and the index finger in order to evoke a painful response. They rated around like five to six on a zero to 10 scale. So the same investigator performed all of this painful stimuli. They have a little chart here in the study where they show when they're doing what. Okay, so they're doing a painful stimulus, then they're doing the creation of the glove and the painful stimulus again, and they're removing the glove, and then a painful stimulus again, and they're doing temperature measures all along the way. So what happened? This is always the feeling I get when I read a 
abstract. So first I read an abstract of the study and I'm always like, ooh, what happened? Right? So sure enough, the temperature changed of the one hand and forearm, not of the other. So in the other hand that was not receiving the glove anesthesia suggestions, the temperature remained stable the entire time. But in the hand receiving the glove anesthesia suggestions, so the one that they're putting the glove on, that they're wrapping the cotton around, that they're then like making into a resin that's colored, and that then they're taking off right, and putting somewhere safe that only they know where that is. The temperature in that hand and forearm changed. Not only did it change, it changed over time. Not only that, their perception of pain changed. So once they had the glove on, the pain stimulus was considered less painful. So it decreased from like a six to a three. And then after they removed the glove, it was actually rated as more painful than when they started. So it went up to about a 7.7. So that's interesting. So their hypothesis about why this happened is that there's a vasodilation or a vasoconstriction induced by hypnosis. Now, some subjects had an increase in the temperature and some had a decrease. And they said they can't really explain this, except that each subject built their own glove. So for some people, it may be considered warm or neutral, or for some people, it may be considered cold. And I guess they didn't think to ask them, right? What, what type of glove did you build? Now, they do say that they did not select them according to how hypnotizable they were. But they did have an idea of that. I guess they had asked them, and it turns out that the subjects who had had about 10 hours of hypnosis before, however that happened, whether through home practice or with a practitioner, were more able to induce thermal changes in their hands. So this is a really interesting result. Because I will often say that hypnosis is a skill that you can develop over time. You can get better at it. You can go into trance faster. You can get your results faster. You can make changes faster when you practice the skill. And this is basically saying the same thing, except they have actual like physical data to back that up. Now, I do want to give you the p-values. These results were significant at different levels depending on where they were measuring. And if you look at the original study, you can see the whole chart there. But basically they ranged from 0.01, which was the forearm distal. 0.03 was the wrist. 0.02 was the hand proximal. 0.02 was the hand distal. And then the least significant result was the forearm proximal, which was 0.55. So that's not a very high level of significance at all, actually. But for one, two, three, the other four areas of the hand 
and forearm, that's pretty good levels of significance, particularly the 0.01 level. So for the people into data, there's your significant levels. I know I always want to hear those myself. I'm like, well, how significant was it? Was was it significant at a statistical level? Because that's really what tells you whether something's happening just by chance or not. So this is definitely not by chance, according to the statistics. So how can you apply this in your own life? Well, basically, I laid out what they said to the subjects. And you can do this. In any part of your body, if you like. Like, let's say you twist an ankle, which is a pretty common injury, and you're really in pain. Well, consider building a boot anesthesia, right? A boot one where you're building a boot and perhaps you're putting on a special sock and then wrapping it in cotton and then the cotton becomes a resin and you can give that a color. Like, that's an easy thing to do for you at home. And know that your body really is reacting to these changes. Our imaginations are so powerful. Like, I just think it's incredible. We can change the parts of our body, one part over another, right? Just by how we think about it, what we're telling our body to do. So that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed this study. And keep an eye out for the survey that's coming up. I'm running another survey this year to, so that I know who you are, who are my listeners. So keep an eye out for that. And that's going to run in like November, December of 2019. In case you're listening to this like two years from now, you don't have to pay attention to that, okay? But if you're listening to this as it publishes, keep an eye out for that because I really would appreciate your feedback and knowing who you are. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace. I hope you truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis.